Blackwater, The Wagner Group, Executive Outcomes, The Flying Tigers, The Swiss Guard, The White Company, The Knights Templar, The Varangian Guard, Clercus of Sparta, Pythagoras the Spartan, Mentor of Rhodes, Socrates of Achaea. The list is endless. Mercenaries, Guns for Hire, Soldiers of Fortune, Private Military Companies, Private Security Contractors, Dirty Deeds, done not so dirt cheap. History is replete with privatized militaries. Call them what you want. They have been around for a very long time, and they are very likely not going away anytime soon. And like it or not, wars are good, very good for business. Furthermore, history tells us that more people are enslaved and killed by such means as greed, corruption, oppression, and tyranny than by any other means. So choose the red pill, remove your blinders, all of them, and take a good sensory inventory of what you're being told and shown to believe. Because here we go. Hello everyone, and welcome to another episode of Oconus, The Contractor's Life. Talking from the relatively insulated and bucolic rural foothills of Northwestern Washington State, I'm your host, Scott Dresser. Life as a private security contractor in a hostile or a war-torn zone, or as some call it, an austere or a non-permissive environment. Well, it is a mixed bag of blessings. Some good and some not so good. All in all though, private security contracting is much the same as life. It is what you make it. The MENA region, or the Middle East North Africa region. Lands of enchantment, lands of mystery, lands of the old ones and the ancient ones. Myths, legends, folklore, maybe. If you believe what you read in the ancient and the holy texts, then you know that it all centered around what we refer to as the MENA region. That's right, the Mediterranean. And you probably also know that to every legend or myth, there is a base of at least some truth. Okay, well, that said, uh, time for a brief uh, clarifier here. Came to my attention that somehow in last week's uh, release of Oconus the Contractor's Life, the episode, uh, somehow I indicated or said something to indicate that I had uh, deployed downrange with Aegis and uh, in the Kabul area. Uh, that's not correct. Now I was assigned to Task Order Six along with the rest of the guys that were in my class. As far as I can go on that one. Uh, but the long story short, uh, the references I made to Kabul, Afghanistan, were not with Aegis. They were actually with um, Blue Hackle. So I spent the last two, two and a half years um, 
with Blue Hackle. <laughs> um, I think I've mentioned before why I did not deploy with um, Aegis, why I didn't stick with them. Uh, for those that don't know or don't remember, very briefly, uh, there were a, a number of reasons. But the primary reason uh, really had little to do with us having to go do the whole um, instruction training course again um, for a variety of reasons. But the primary reason was that, as I've stated before, uh, two or three of the instructors hadn't quite been cleared with Department of State at that time. So all those modules that we had gone through, all that instruction and training we had received and done uh, in those modules where those instructors were involved didn't count. And we're like, okay, whatever. Uh, but as I've said before, I mean, training and instruction is great. So, I mean, I really didn't have a problem. Or, or the company's uh, training manager, like he said, you know, any training is good training, and the more you get, the better, yada, yada. Absolutely correct. I was down with it. Um, I was hip with it. <laughs> My wife wasn't so cool with it. Um, but I looked at it this way. We were getting paid fairly decent money to go to a place in America. And all I can say is New Mexico. Anybody that's been through the WPS program with the company and the organization that did the instruction and training for that company knows where this place is at. And as far as I can go is it was somewhere in New Mexico. That's all I can say. Yes, we had an NDA that covered that and a myriad of things. Um, so, uh, but, but yeah, so I was down for going and doing the training. I mean, he's right, you know, and, and he did say to me, he said, man, it's going to be a cakewalk for you, you know, and, and he's right. You know, you've been through it, done it. Um, but what there were a number of factors that quelched that whole thing for me. But I think the primary motivator for me to say that's it, I'm done, I'm going back to DOD was that there were just so many changes um, across the board. And I think the one that, that really stuck out the most for me were the contract, uh, the new contract terms they sent us um, between the time that we finished our instruction and training and the time that we were supposed to deploy. Um, they changed everything, uh, pretty much everything, uh, literally, including our pay, what we were going to get paid. I'm like, wow, really? <laughs> anyway, long story short, um, I bailed and uh, ended up, after leaving those guys, um, I ended up getting on with uh, Blue Hackle. And so Blue Hackle is the company when I referenced the, the cobble part in last week's episode, that was the company. It wasn't Aegis, it was Blue Hackle. Okay. Anyway, that said, folks, welcome back to another episode of Oconus the contractor's life. So with that said, um, I think where I left off um, previously, it, at least in the starting with this season, you know, I was trying to seamlessly, more or less seamlessly draw together or stitch together that time frame between working with Torres uh, after I left Afghanistan for the first time with EODT and uh, went back to Iraq with Torres and then got on with Aegis and then went back to Afghanistan with Blue Hackle. So, you know, you know, so the Oconus, the contractor's life, I mean, 
as I've said before, for those who don't know what a CONUS is, a CONUS is, generally speaking, maybe even specifically speaking, a peculiar American term outside the continental U.S., or the United States outside. So technically speaking, you know, Alaska and Hawaii can qualify, even though they're they are part of the United States because they're outside the continental U.S. But strictly speaking, uh, if you were deployed on a say a private security contract, uh, private government, quasi whatever, even in Canada, that would qualify as OCONUS, Mexico. Uh, anywhere in Central America, South America, obviously Africa. I mean, so basically anything that's outside the continental U.S. And that includes the 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 islands, um, you know, south of Florida that, you know, down there in the Caribbean. So anything outside the continental U.S. is OCONUS. Anything within the continental U.S. is CONUS. So when you hear us or you hear the term CONUS or some people, for whatever reason, they pronounce it CONUS. But anywhere, CONUS is anywhere in the 48 contiguous states of the United States of America. Anything outside that is O-CONUS. All right, glad we cleared that up. Uh, so CONUS, the contractor's life, I mean, uh, something that came to mind here recently, uh, in part of a, uh, a group chat that I was part that I was partake in and uh, it talked about fitness, physical fitness. And that comes up a lot, actually. It doesn't come up quite so much anymore. Um, as I've said, I, I get out, I socialize, but um, I try to keep that <laughs> a, a tight rein on that because it, it just it's so aggravating and frustrating to see, to see all the tension and all the divisiveness going on out there. It's like everybody's lining up on the left side of the court and the right side of the court. Uh, get ready to spar and, and duke it out with each other because everybody pretty much hates each other. You, if you're on the right side, you hate the people on the left. If you're on the left side, you hate the people on the right. So <laughs> anyway, a corner to contractor's life. I mean, physical fitness is a big thing. And I'm not going to go right out there and tell you my exact age. But folks, I'm in the 60s. Okay. And something came up the, here the other day where they're talking about physical fitness and requirements for this particular group that I'm with. And and I looked at it, I thought, oh, well, okay. And so remarkably, I was, you know, I was, I guess I shouldn't be surprised, but I was. Uh, one of them had to do with rowing. And I thought, oh, okay, well, you know, that's one of the things I do in, in my uh, exercise curriculum. I do rowing on a rowing machine, of course. Um, <laughs> it would be nice to, you know, if I lived at a lake somewhere and I, and I had a, a skiff or a canoe or something like that, but I don't. Anyway, um, so I got on the rowing machine. I set it up and I just did my standard thing, my standard rowing. I wasn't trying to break any records or trying to, you know, do anything. And when I was done at the end of the 20 minutes, it was like, Oh shit, that's 3000 meters. Long story short, I beat the minimum requirement by 250 meters. They wanted 500 meters um uh, in in uh 5 minutes. I did 750. There you go. Okay. Uh and again, I wasn't trying to do anything. That was just my standard rowing thing. Um it talked about doing uh I forget how many push-ups. I want to say it was 20 and I'm like 20. Well, I can do 20 on the push-up bars. But if I do flat palm on the floor, well, it just depends on the day and how good I'm feeling. But um, I'll do anywhere between 40 and 50 anyway. Um, kicking a little psycho-cybernetics, maybe I can do a little more <laughs> in, in one fold swoop, right? Um, 
and then it talked about crunches. Well, I don't really do crunches. I do what I call tummy contractors. And if you, you know, if, if you know what muscle contracting is, then you know what I'm talking about. But, you know, along with everything else I do, you know, if I'm working out in the property, you know, I'm swinging the axe and, and doing other things. So get a pretty good workout. I do a lot of walking. I do the rowing, sometimes do the squats. I don't run per se anymore. You know, that is, I'm not a jogger. I used to be a big jogger. Um, but, you know, due to a lot of uh, physical injuries, um, I just don't run if I don't have to. Plus, it's just, I like to get out, but rather than run, I'll just walk. It's a lot more, I don't know, comfortable, if you will. Um, I can take things in. But here nor there, uh, you know, so dips, pull-ups. So if you're going to be a contractor, in my opinion, if you're going to be a good um, private security contractor, physical fitness is huge. There's a lot of other things that go into it. So you should be able to do at least 40 to 50 push-ups. Uh, bare minimum should be 40. 50 is really what you should be striving for. Flat palm on the floor. Go all the way down until your, test, your chest just touches the ground. If your belly's hitting the ground before your chest does, your belly's too big. Sorry, folks. I'm just being honest. Okay. Um, you, you rise up and extend until you, you know, lock out the elbows and go all the way down. That's how I do it. Uh, you know, flat, straight plank. Um, keep that rump from sagging or rising up. <laughs> okay. Proper push-up. Um, so with the pull-ups, uh, you know, people have, a, you know, vary in, in what you should be able to do. But in my book, you should be able to do 20. You should be able to do 20 push-ups, whether the palms facing inward or the palms facing outward. In my book, it makes no difference. Do you exercise that group of muscles differently? Yeah, you do. But, you know, either way, if you can do 20 and I can do 20. Um, uh, dips? Yeah, dips again. These are all good core curricular exercises as far as I'm concerned. So dips. And if you know what dips are, then you know what I'm talking about. If you don't, then um, imagine you're at the gym and you know those parallel bars that gymnasts use, uh, the parallel bars that you see them do the fancy moves on. And, you know, usually it's the women, but the men do it too. But that's what I'm talking about. So, you get, so imagine getting up on those. You're in, the, you're in between those two bars. You jump up. You grab them. And you lower yourself down. Pretty much as far as I, at least that's the way I do it, is I go down as far as, I, as, as my bones and muscles will allow me to go, and then I push myself back up. You should, again, you should be able to do 20 of those. So physical fitness has a lot going on for the private security contractor because fitness has, I mean, your ability <clears throat> to do push-ups, pull-ups, and dips, those kinds of core curricular muscular workouts um, have as much to do with your your core strength as well as your weight okay so you might be super strong but your weight is such that you can't push yourself up on push-ups you can't do as many pull-ups and as many dips um, but if you went to say pick up a barbell with x number of hundreds of pounds you could you know clean jerk this thing over your head x number of times all right that's great but it's not going to help you get over the obstacles. <laughs> All right. So that's what we're talking about. You got to have a certain amount of physical adaptability and flexibility when you're doing things physically. 
So you've not only got to be able to do all these core things, you've also got to be able to run. Um, and you've got to be able to run a distance. Um, I know that I can, on those rare occasions when I do jog, that I can still do uh, a mile and a half in roughly 12 to 13 minutes fairly comfortably. Okay. Um, so can I get it down to 11 minutes? Yeah, probably. Um, I did it 11 and a half. Uh, no, it was a little bit. It was right around the 11 and a half mark in New Mexico. And as some of you who listen may remember, uh, we had only been there three or four days when we had to do our run. And I want to say maybe it was only three days, whatever it was. So I was far from <laughs> acclimated to the elevation. And I don't remember the exact elevation on that part of this back road that we ran the mile and a half. But we were roughly six to 7,000 feet in elevation. So where I'm at, where, I, where I'm at at home, where I do whatever I'm doing, um, elevation above sea can be anywhere between, I don't know, 25 feet to 500 feet. Uh, where I'm at, where I call home is roughly 500 feet above uh, sea level. So within three days of landing in New Mexico, you know, uh, we're running a mile and a half at six to 7,000 feet in elevation. That's a big change. <laughs> That's a huge change. If, you, if you've never done that, uh, try it. <laughs> then you'll understand what I'm saying. Anybody that has knows what I'm saying. Uh, so anyway, here at home, again, um, good to go. Uh, but, you know, I guess that's okay because what I'm hearkening at is that with so many other things, whether you're in the military or private security contractor, it really comes down to two, some will say three things. One is the physical fitness level. I mean, your true physical fitness level. Call it the BMI, call it whatever you want. It all matters. You have got to be physically fit. You can't just think you're physically fit. Because you think you're physically fit, because the way we look at ourselves in the photographs, the way we look at ourselves in the mirrors or the reflection of the glass is not always the way that we actually are. Unfortunately, for a lot of people, that flies right over their heads. And yes, I've worked with ample numbers of people that fit that description, okay? Just being honest, folks. Okay. Again, I'm not going to come out and tell you my true age right now, but I'm in my 60s and I'm still physically capable of doing whatever needs to be done. Now, will the day come when I won't be able to? Of course. <laughs> uh, am I making uh, plans for that eventual transition? Of course. Okay. As I said before, I'm a pragmatist. I'm a realist. Okay. Does that mean that I don't sometimes engage in dreamlike stuff? No, I'm human. But being a private security contractor, an independent contractor, well, I think security in general anyway, <clears throat> whether you're in the military or the private sector, government service or private service, or you jump back and forth between both, okay? I think physical fitness, the standards they set these days are un realistic <clears throat> and i think most people are unrealistic in their regards towards their physical fitness okay uh, whether they take it for granted this that one thing or another <clears throat> anyway that said folks um 
we can put that whole thing aside. But I'm just saying, I have worked with probably more than my share of people that thought they were physically fit, that when it came down to it, they, they weren't, okay? Um, and it takes a lot of endurance, okay? So you've got to have that physical endurance. And then you've got the other part of this is the mental aspect, okay? You've heard me talk about psycho-cybernetics. There's a, there's a fellow out there, I won't mention his name, but he's out there, LinkedIn and other places. I think he calls it psychosonoma, something like that. Same sort of thing, okay? Um, and it might be, you know, guys cut from the same cloth that um, talk about the same thing, but they call it different things, uh, something different, uh, you know, so as to separate maybe patent pending kind of stuff. Who knows, okay? But there are ways of programming and reprogramming your body and your mind so that you can do things that you didn't think you could do. Um, or you can do them better than you thought you could do. Regardless, physical fitness, folks, it is huge. And, and as, as it comes up sometimes too frequently, when the zombie apocalypse hits, we're all going to know who is physically fit and who isn't. It's going to be painfully obvious to a lot of folks that they were not nearly as fit as they thought they were. And yes, for anybody that's wondering, that same thing flies for firearms, okay? Those who think they're really good at firearms and shooting because they spent their time and their days doing the standard stuff that standard security shows them and teaches them and all these keyboard ninja warriors at YouTube and the other places that show all this cool stuff, again, it's going to become painfully obvious to those who don't that they don't um <laughs> sorry folks i'm just trying to be honest here so if if you're asking uh the firearms thing is a much longer explanation that's something for a different day but you know physical fitness it, it doesn't have to be fancy folks it does not have to be fancy uh, you don't need exclusive gym memberships to get physically fit. Can it be? Yeah, I mean, it can, and it works for a lot of guys, a lot of women. But like most, if not everything in life, if you're going to be good at it, if you're going to be physically capable, you've got it's got to be part of your lifestyle. It has to be something that you do either every day, every other day, or whatever the schedule is or the regimen you have, you have to stick to it. Now, can you take a break from time to time? Of course you can. We all need breaks. Okay. You don't need fancy gym memberships. You can use the, you can use like, well, for example, I went from say the, what I call the, uh, the mini gym stuff out my garage to just Bowflex. So, you know, buy the, uh, and I don't mean the bars, but I'm talking about like the dumbbells, you know, the dial-in weight stuff, okay? You'd be amazed at how many exercises you can get from that. Go outside, find a tree. If you don't have a pull-up bar, if you can't find a place somewhere where you live where you can latch onto and do pull-ups, find a tree with a strong enough trunk or and, and branch or limb and do some pull-ups with that. If you need some gloves, put on some work gloves. Go out there and do that so you don't, you know, scrape your skin all up from the bark. 
dips can be a little bit different. Maybe you can't find that where you live, but you can find, sometimes you can find those places where you can do dips. If nothing else, you can find two chairs in your apartment or your house. It's not going to be exactly the same as a dead body dip, okay? But you, you simply bring the chairs together, face out, stretch your legs out, holding yourself up with your hands and lower them down, up and down, up and down. It's going to be, it, you'll still get a great workout from it. It's not the same. You can do the push-ups anywhere. You can do bumper push-ups. If you're out in your vehicle, pickup, car, van, whatever, okay? You can do bumper push-ups, whatever. Um, there's all kinds of ways you can walk, okay? You can squat. You can hold the squats, whatever. There's just plenty. There's just, you can do muscle contraction. You can do, you know, if you can't do sit-ups, then you can do the crunches, you know. Uh, there's all, or you can do leg raisers. There's all kinds of ways to get physically strong and fit without spending a lot of money. And even when you're working, when I'm working, um, when I'm outdoors or indoors, if I've got the opportunity to knock out some push-ups, been sitting there or standing there for a couple hours, you know, get a little blase, bam, whip out some push-ups, man, <laughs> you know, go for a little walk. I mean, it really helps refresh the day. So physical fitness, especially in the life of a private security contractor, in my opinion, it's huge. Does, and there's, now obviously, there's a lot of things that go into the skill sets that makes a good private security contractor. But one of them, which is key, is physical fitness. And let's be honest, if you're at the receiving end of instruction and training from a guy or a gal that claims to be at the point where they can instruct and train you in the various aspects of military or private security stuff, and they show up and they don't look fit, <laughs> okay, um, they don't look like they're capable of doing it. You know what they say about the first 15 seconds in your original initial introduction. It's the same thing with an interview. Okay. Now, you might be able to salvage it and save the day, and they might go, wow, okay. Uh, but that initial impression is key. Anyway, that said, folks, and I'm sorry I had to wax so long and eloquent on this, but it just comes up so much. You know, and so many people have so many excuses for not doing it. Uh, they're always busy with something else. Something is always coming up. They never find time. And not always, but usually, most of the time, when I have a calm discussion with somebody about it, and I say, are you telling me you truly cannot find 20 minutes in a day, whether it's every day or every other day, to get physically fit. And I mean, no reasonable, rational person is going to say, no, they can't. Okay. Because they can. And most people acknowledge that they can. I say, there you go. Now, it may take you 25 or 30 minutes initially for the first week or two or three or four until you start getting used to this intense workout. But I'm telling you, it pays off 
huge dividends. You will never look back. Um, so when people ask how and what does this got to do with Oconus, the contractor's life, again, physical fitness. Because you don't know if you're going to be in desert-like conditions or Arctic-type conditions. You just never know what's going to happen or where you're going to be or when it's going to happen. Okay, But you need to be prepared. And if you're not prepared, if you're not ready, you got no one to blame but yourself. You can make all the excuses in the world you want, and a lot of people do. But in the end, folks, you've got no one but yourself to blame for anything. So if you want to be a private security contractor, or you're thinking about it, or you're considering it, or you're wondering why you're not getting further along in your career, just take a good, hard, honest, objective look at yourself in the reflection and ask yourself, do I look fit? And then go out and try to do those 20 pull-ups, those 20 dips, those 40 or 50 push-ups, along with your running or your rowing or anything else you got to do. And if you can't do it, then you can't do it. Okay? It's probably you're not as fit as you think you are. All right. <laughs> with that said, thank you everyone for taking time out of your day, afternoon or evening, to listen to me talk about private security contracting overseas as well as here in the United States. Thank you to my wife for whom I... As I've said before, folks, and I mean it from the bottom of my heart, thank you to my wife, for whom I owe immeasurable gratitude pretty much for everything. Thank you to my family, my friends, and all the people, male and female, who have been and still are a part of my life. And remember, folks, it takes a team. The grass is not always greener on the other side. Be careful what you wish for. You might just get it. Stay humble, stay safe, and keep others safe by being aware and stay frosty. Until next time, keep it real. Oconus the Contractor's Life extends a special thank you to music composer Kava Cohen and to Colin Perry of Ninja Tracks for allowing Oconus the Contractor's Life the use of Kava's song, Heavy Clutch, from the music soundtrack to the game Forza Motorsport 7. And also, a big thank you to Andres Rodriguez, who can be found at the Fiverr website for his excellent original music scores.